The day of atonement is upon us. This is a feast day that we are at right now. That is a feast of both the fear of the Lord and the love of the Lord. A feast that speaks to us of his grace, yet his law as well. And, you know, this story that we are all a part of is a story that is vast, a story that started in the garden with us being in perfect relationship with him. But yet a fall occurred, a betrayal to him. And as we were kicked out of the garden and we lost that face to face, he had a plan. He had a mission to get his bride back. And as he said on that mission, this was a treacherous path that 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 needed us to see what we have done, to look back at the garden and realize what our mistakes have been. In order to then realize the marvelous thing that he has done. For if we cannot discover our own sin, how can we discover his glory? If our eyes are blinded with pride, we cannot look upon the one who is love. See, brothers and sisters, this this talk I'm about to have with you is an extraordinarily difficult one because how do I explain the vastness of our Lord, which is what the Day of Atonement really tries to set out and do for us. It's a day which we have set aside, God commands us to set aside, where we think about the atonement that He has given us, the fact that He has come to die in our place, to take all of our sin, every idle word we have spoken, every idle deed we have done on his shoulders with him bleeding blood, with him feeling every depression, every feeling of suicide, every murder, every disease, him experiencing it all and atoning for our sins, dying when we should have been the one to hang there. But then at the same time, we have to discover our own iniquity and turn from it. For how can we be one who says, Amen, Amen, he's on the cross, he's taken my sins, hallelujah. Now I can go on with my life. How can we we observe this like a passerby saying, Oh, that was nice. Thank you, Jesus only to go on with our lives. Yet this has been a prominent Western Christianity teaching that we can look upon him and act like we've never looked upon him, that we can look upon him and say, oh, glory, glory, but then look upon him and do nothing. God called us to do and believe. See, brothers and sisters, a few weeks ago, we, we had the Feast of Trumpets and I asked you the question, if the trumpet blew today, what would run through your mind? 
Today I'm asking you a different question. If you're standing before him today and the books are opened, what will run through your mind? See, many people think that they won't be judged. They think that they will escape that judgment. What if that's exactly what the enemy wants us to believe? But what the Day of Atonement sets out to do is to remind us of the atonement we have in him, but also then of the fact that there is a judgment day coming, which a, which a book of life will be opened upon and a book of works will be opened upon. And we will be talking about those soon here. So the two lies that I'm going to explore is the first one that many Christians believe, well, I won't be judged today. I've heard the cross. I cannot live the way I want. I've said my sinner's prayer. I'm good. And the second lie, which is that what I do today will have no difference on the kingdom to come that I will enter, that everyone will be on the same level and same playing field, no matter how they live their life today. The Bible teaches differently. I want to read to you Matthew 12, verse 34. And I want you to, to discover with me what the scripture says. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you're evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. Every careless word for by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. There will be (laughs) the words that you're speaking today. The words that you're speaking tomorrow will justify you. They will condemn you. Well, I thought we're just saved by grace through faith. Yes, we are. But if you have true faith in him, that is real. It's not just about a formula of words. We speak like some magic spell. No, it is. It is a confession that we state of allegiance to a kingdom. And if you confess to a king that I am a part of your kingdom, I will die for you. I will. I will. In fact, I will go to the cross with you. Then you better show up. You better actually do what you say you believe. Otherwise, your words will just condemn you because they were empty. See, brothers and sisters, on this day of atonement, God comes and he calls us to do a few things, but he tells us in Leviticus 23, 27, he says to us. Now, on the 10th day of the seventh month is the day of atonement shall be for you a day of a holy convocation. You shall afflict yourselves and present a food offering to the Lord, and you shall not do any work on that day for it's a day of atonement to make atonement for you before the Lord your God. Whoever is not afflicted on that day will be cut off from his people. And whoever does not work, who does, who does work on that day, that one I will destroy from among his people. This is a statute throughout your generations forever. Hey, you guys in the chat, t- type in the chat for me forever. 
This is a day of atonement that you will set aside forever. Because why? You should never forget the atonement. You should never forget the cost of what he has done. And you should never cease to introspect your heart, to ensure that it is in line with the king you have said, I will follow you. I invite you into my life. But Lord, not just I invite you to my life. I am going to have my life be a part of your kingdom. Right. So I want us to read uh, Revelation 20, verse 11. Hey, are you guys all right with some more verses today? Because, brothers and sisters, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of fast food Christianity. What about we dig deeper and we read what the Bible actually says about this, right? And we read in Revelation 20, 11, he says the following about the great white throne judgment. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. From his, for his, from his presence, earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they have done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades was thrown into the fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found in the book of life, he was also thrown into the lake of fire. And he's look, this he's talking about this coming day where each and every one of us will stand. Think about this, man. Like you're going to stand there. What's what are you going to feel like? What are you going to think like you're you're in this long queue? I can just imagine, you know, I'm not saying this is how it's going to be, but my imagination I just see this long queue of people and you're in the queue and, and, and you're just waiting for your turn, right? And you're, and you're just hearing the, the, the trials before you where, where books are being opened that have detailed witnesses, uh, a, a wit, uh, that, uh, books that have become a witness of the lives of these people. These are the books of works detailing everything you've ever said or done. And that will be used to judge you by. It will be used to see whether you were actually who you say you were or whether you would be like those who said, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these mighty things in your name? But yet he declares the part. I never knew you, you worker of a lawlessness. See, these were religious men who, who stand there. So I've, I've done these things for you, God. I've done this and that for you. I've caused our demons. I've healed the sick. I've, I've kept your Sabbath. Right. I've kept your feast days. I've inserted the blank. I've done this thing for you, Lord. And yet he says, I never knew you depart worker of lawlessness. He's saying, I, I have no relation to you. I have no relationship with you. I never saw you being quiet to speak with me. I, I, I when did you speak with me? When did you commune with me? And because you never spoke, because you didn't have communion with me, even though I opened the door and died for you to have that access, 
because of that you had lawlessness because if if you do not know him you cannot do nothing but lawlessness even if you put on a religious face even if you go to your church every Sunday even if you go to your Torah fellowship and movements I don't care what you say whatever it is the fact remains are you one who knows him and does he know you or have you fallen in love with someone else something else in this world. You know, it's interesting because he says, I saw the dead great and small. He saw the poor man who you may see at the corner begging for money. He saw that man standing there and he saw the Elon Musk's of this world, the richest man of this world standing there. Everyone will stand there. They will be stripped bare. They will have no riches that will save them. They will have nothing. They will have nothing but a relationship with God, if any. That's the only thing that will be there for them is whether they know Yeshua and whether Yeshua can say, Father, I know this one. I, I have seen him. I have seen her. I have seen the glorious things that they have set out to do for my kingdom. I have given them a little, but with this little, they have done so much. Father, give this one one of the greatest seats in your kingdom. And the father will do just that. But then Yeshua may say to another, who are you? And this man who's never really known Yeshua will be struck with a fear like he's never had before. What do you mean? Who I? Who am I? I? Uh, I mean, I've heard about you, Jesus. I've heard about you. I mean, I've heard. I remember, you know, hearing about you in church. I, I you know, I've heard. But I don't know you. Like I don't know you. You know, you, you know, you could have, you could have spoken to me. I was always there. I've always been chasing you down throughout your life, but your heart was hardened because you love the world more. You were never you were never one to say, I will pass, throw away riches for you, Lord. I will do whatever you say, Lord. And instead, you loved it more than me. There will be many people there with many different situations. But the same question remains. Do you know him? See, the book of works, which is there, and then you have this book of life that is there. You see, the book of life is the one where it says that if your name is written there and you have eternal life. Amen. Hallelujah. Because Yeshua's blood, which covers our sins, allows our name to be written in the book of life. But if you're not in the book of life, if your name is not inscribed there, the book of works will explain why. And if you are in the book of life, if your name is inscribed there, the book of works will explain why. See, brothers and sisters, we are saved by faith. Amen. We are saved because we have given our hearts to him. We say, Lord, I'm wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. God, I have nothing that I could give you in of myself. I am a sinner. I am a wretched man. That is the, the, the situation we're in. But if our heart is true for him and we say, God, I will, I repent, Lord, I turn from my wicked ways. God, just, just change me, Lord. 
You know, if that's our heart, He comes and He changes us and He forgives us of all our unrighteousness. And if tomorrow I stumble, He forgives me because my heart is repentant before Him always. I am like the tax collector who couldn't even lift up my eyes to heaven, but says, Lord, forgive me, a sinner. But then you have others like the tax, like the Pharisee who says, God, I thank you. I'm not like other men who takes pride in himself and the and in his own abilities and things that he can he could save himself, his intellect, his his knowledge, his his whatever. And he's the one who trusts in himself, but he's the one who is not justified. But the tax collector is. Ah, brothers and sisters, just to be a religious man is not what justifies you. To be a tax collector, like the one that is in the parable that Yeshua taught us, is what justifies you. The heart that is precious, humble, meek before the Lord. So just think about this, man. Like what you do today, what you do tomorrow. Literally, there is, I I don't know how it works technically, right? Maybe it's an angel. Uh, Maybe it's, I don't know who's writing, but there is a pen and someone's holding it. And there is a book. And as I speak, as you speak, as I think, as you think, as I do, as you do, that pen is moving. And it is inscribing on the pages of that book of works, the things that we do. The state of our heart. That's really something that we have to think about at this day of atonement. As we fast, as we pray, as we do introspection. I want to read to you further in Revelation about this, this coming kingdom that we are looking forward to. Because ultimately, these, these, this judgment, this great wise throne judgment, precedes the entrance to this new kingdom. And this new kingdom is described for us, right? He says in Revelation 21, 18, the wall was built of Jasper, this city of pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. Just just imagine this all for me with me. OK, the, the foundations, every kind of jewel, the first Jasper, second sapphire, the third agate. The fourth emerald, the fourth enix, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophrase, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. My South African uh, voice can't even pronounce all of it. <laughs> and the tenth gates were twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl. And the street of the city, pure gold like transparent glass. And I saw no temple in the city. Its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon for the glory of God gives its light. I I want to read verse 27. But nothing unclean will ever enter this place, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Notice what he says here. No one who does that is that is to do something. No one who does what is detestable or false will enter it. 
Because see, those who do that is what is detestable and what is false are not the names who are in the book of life. But those who walk in cleanliness and holiness and who have put away all uncleanliness, they are the ones who are inscribed in the book of life. It is all connected. God has given us his grace, but he expects us to be obedient to his law. His grace is not a currency for our lawless deeds. His grace is a covering over us for where we have fallen short in our pursuit of his righteousness. But if you are in rebellion to his law and his righteousness, there is no grace. If you have rebellion and say, I don't, I don't care, I don't care to repent, I indulge in my sin, there's no grace for you. Because that is like trampling underfoot the sun. That is like witnessing what he has done and saying, that's nice, that's nice. Let me indulge in my pornography. Let me indulge in my stealing and my gossiping. Let me indulge in my self-righteousness and the pointing of the finger. Let me indulge. Let me indulge. Brothers, sisters, there's going to be people in before him on that day who are going to stand there thinking, oh, I'm good because they've heard a false gospel that have said that you just pray a prayer and you're OK. You just pray a prayer, live the way you want. They're going to come before him because they believe the false gospel and they're and he, they're going to hear things from him that they would have never imagined. And I want, I'm telling you everything I'm telling you this day. Because I want you to know what to expect when you enter that throne room. I want you to fully comprehend what you what is on the line here in your life. That this is not a, a thing we ought to take lightly, but you have one shot at life. And this is this is the biggest thing that you could ever engage in and is what you're breathing right now. This breath that I'm taking, the breaths that you're taking, we're breathing because the Lord has given us this breath and it can be taken away at any second and we will be face to face with him. And we will and preceding that will be either eternal life or a lake of fire that will destroy us. Where will you be? Because your life, your very life, your eternal life depends on it. The second lie that has been taught to us is that Everyone will be on the same level in the kingdom that is to come. Live however you want, because it doesn't even matter. I have people who I, I have known in my life who have who have said a prayer and they're Christians. But they don't feel like they need to engage past that with the Lord, really, and past saying a prayer here or there with him, really. They haven't devoted their life to him. Because they have come to believe that, well, everything, everyone is going to be the same. Why even bother giving my life fully? I have got my ticket to heaven now, folks. Let's go. I want to, I want to read to you uh, Matthew 5, 17. I've read it to you guys before, but I think it's a good time to be reminded of this. Okay. He says, 
he says, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For I say to you, until heaven and earth passes away, not an odor or a dot will pass until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes the least of these commandments and other, teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter that kingdom of heaven. God calls us. He's saying, look, I want you to do and teach to the nations all that I have commanded you. Baptize, make disciples and you will be great in the kingdom of heaven. And notice how the people today who actually have fully devoted their lives to that, they are least in this world. The world doesn't exalt them. The world doesn't praise them. The world doesn't honor them. But yet God says in this coming kingdom, the least will be greatest. And the greatest in this world now will be at least in the coming kingdom. Brothers and sisters, notice how to, to be great in this coming kingdom, your works matter. What you do is what matters. And there will be people in that kingdom of various statures who some did many things, some did few things. Some didn't care to devote much. Some cared to devote everything. And many of them would be saved nonetheless to be in that kingdom. But there is a hierarchy. And he even we even read in the book of 1 uh, Corinthians 6 verse 2, we see Paul talk about this. And he talks to us and he says, Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, why are you incompetent in trivial cases? Do you not know, in verse 3, that we are to judge angels? How much more the matters pertaining to this life? You see, we have a place, a job that is awaiting us in the coming kingdom. I do not fully comprehend it yet, but I do know that what happens today matters. See, brothers and sisters, God has come and he has given us an atonement. He has given us access back to him. And he is telling us, look, there is a promised end to the world we indwell. What you see here can be easily become that which becomes our life and our world and our kingdom. And we can easily get so distracted by this world itself that we take our eyes off the coming kingdom. But nonetheless, we can just dig beneath us. And they do this in archaeology, right? We can just open up the ground beneath us and we will find places like Babylon. You, or you can go into Israel and the surrounding areas, and, and you have these mountains, they call them tells, which are mountains of rubble that have been buried over thousands of years because of cities that have grown and grown great, but then come to be destroyed to rubble, and then built on top of that new cities, and then they get destroyed to rubble. You see the cycle of man. And this world is that we build things, but they will be coming to nothing in this place. 
This whole world will soon be rubble. For though the remains of cities who trusted in themselves lie beneath us. Will you be one who trusts in yourself? Or will you trust in the king and gather treasures in heaven? I want to read to you 1 Peter 1 24. He says, for all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. See, brothers and sisters, we are like grass, he says. Do you have a lawn? He's saying just like that lawn, we're going into winter for many of us, right? Depending on where you're in the world, you're going into winter and you, you can look on your yard and you start seeing the grass is withering. Some of it is going to be dying off. Many plants will die off when the cold comes. And he's saying that is how we are. There's coming a winter season. There's night is coming and we will wither away. But for those of us who have atonement, we will have eternal life in him. He has come to save us. Our high priest has made the sacrifice and he has called you now to become a temple of the Holy Spirit for you to offer spiritual sacrifices for you to be baptized into death as Christ was buried for you to be buried. Do not care what this world thinks anymore, but care for what he thinks. Brothers and sisters, I just thank you so much for joining me in the chat for those of you in the live chat today. And thank you for all of you watching it after that. I believe that God is calling us and to a time of repentance in this time right now, as we are entering the day of atonement and as we are entering a fast, as we are ceasing from our labors to focus on him. I want you to pray with me. As we deliver up to our father, our cry of repentance for all the things we've done this year that have not been in line with his kingdom, for we will face him. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather be have it be written in the book. That PD repented. That PD sought the Lord's face, regardless of his faults and mistakes. Will you be one who runs this race with endurance? Yes, we make mistakes along the way. But if we trust in him, he picks us up. He forgives us quickly. But we have to profess our sins unto him and repent and turn from them. So pray with me, God, I just pray, Lord, right now, Lord, I thank you for your spirit. Father, I thank you, Lord, that that we could even have this moment where we can just just be still and know that you are God. I thank you that you give us this breath of life, this day of atonement, this opportunity, Lord, that you have given us forever, perpetually to keep. But for now, for us to be reminded of our sin, Lord. Father, I pray that you would come and dig in my heart and show me what I can't see. Lord, I ask, Father, that you would come and 
and, and, and unravel us and show us the mud in our face, Lord. Lord, I pray, God, that you would just come, Lord, and and do a work in your people, Lord. Pierce their hearts, Holy Spirit. Father, we repent of our sexual immoralities to you, God. We repent where we have looked upon things we should not look upon. Lord, when we went to TikTok, when we went to Facebook, when we went wherever we went, God, I we repent, Lord. Father, I pray that you would help us make a covenant with our eyes. Lord, Father, I, I pray, God, that you would help us to turn from our gossip, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would forgive us, God, where we have spoken of a brother or a sister behind their back because we have been bitter at them because of something they've done against us. Father, I repent, we repent, Lord, we, I repent, Lord, where we have looked at the world and we have said they are in sin. Let them perish in their sin. Father, where we have acted like Jonah, where we have said to the world that, that, oh, we don't want them to even come to the Lord. We don't even want the Lord to grant them mercy. We don't even want the, where we have said, oh, that church, I will never go to that church. I will never be a witness to that church. I hate them. I hate what they have been doing. Let them perish where we have spoken like this, even to our own brothers and sisters in Christ. Oh, God, forgive us. Father, where we have kept our mouth shut when you have called us to speak. Lord, where we have been afraid of man and because of it, we have not gone out to proclaim your gospels. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would forgive us. God, I pray you would put a fire in the hearts of us this year, Lord, for us to not be worried about what people think. But Lord, help us to be driven by your spirit, Lord, like the early church was driven and encouraged when they were in unity. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would forgive us where we have been in disunity with one another. Fellowships up over things that matter not. Lord, where we have broken fellowship over our own sins. God, I pray, Lord, that you would bring conviction on the hearts of those listening who's been in that situation. Yeshua has said, they will know you by the love you have for one another. And if you have no love for one another, how will they, what will they know you by? Well, well, who will you, who are you representing? If you stand before him and you did not have a love for one another, what will we hear? Will it be worth that moment of digging our heels and that moment of pride? That I'm right and you're wrong. That moment of defending ourselves. Your Messiah was like a lamb, a lad to slaughter. He didn't open his mouth to defend himself once, even though he was innocent. You are guilty and you defend yourself. We have been guilty and yet we have tried to cover up our sins. God, forgive us, Lord, where we have tried to defend ourselves, where we have not even turned the other cheek. Lord, help us to turn the other cheek as you've turned the other cheek. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would forgive us where we have, where we, 
where we have misrepresented you not just to outsiders or fellow brothers or sisters, but to our own children. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would, that for those of our children who are falling away, God, I pray that you have mercy on their lives, that they would not, that they would not judge you, Lord, based on our actions, God, for we have been hypocrites before them. Lord, I ask for it, you would that you would wipe us clean and that you would give our sons and our daughters a clean heart and a new mind and open eyes to see you for the glorious Father in heaven that you are. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to be a light to our children, that we would not have us say we, 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 we worship the Lord, we worship the Lord. But then in the secret place behind closed doors, we tell our daughter, we tell our son, you're worthless, you'll be nothing in life. We call them names. Oh God, let it be far from our mouths to do such a thing. Lord, I pray, Lord, we forgive us for that. Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would come. And for everyone who is listening, Lord, that you would come into the deepest places of our heart where we have trauma, where we have bondage, where we have sickness. Lord, you have made atonement for us to be free. So, God, I speak to every person who's sick physically, emotionally, every person who is bitter filled with unforgiveness. Father, I pray for every person, Lord, who is who has been who's got trauma in the past, molestations in the past, who have have had have only heard words of death spoken over them and made it their own. For those of us who have been in living in depressions, for those of us who have who have wandered from husband to husband and wife to wife, for those of us who have clinged to riches. Father, I thank you that you have freedom for them all. So, God, I just proclaim right now, Lord, for every vo every every heart at the sound of my voice, that you would come right now of your spirit and that you would heal. Every body would be healed in the name of Yeshua. Now I command every body in the name of Yeshua to be healed head to toes by the atonement of Yeshua. And I proclaim, Father, every depression, every bondage of lies and conceit that we have listened to and believed. I've set them free now from that in the name of Yeshua. Lord, I thank you for freedom. I speak right now, Father, to every sinner's heart who's pouring out their heart to you right now. Lord, I thank you for your mercies and your freedom. God, I thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness for all of us, for all our sin and our unrighteous deeds. And Father, I thank you, Lord, for ins inscribing our words in the book of life as we give up our old life for the new life that you have for us both here and the kingdoms to and the kingdom to come. Lord, come and help us live as a living sacrifice and forgive us where we have not. Forgive us when we have walked around like temples with closed gates instead of a temple of the Holy Spirit that desires to touch and bring your garden into this world. Help us, Lord, in this year to pick up our cross and follow you. 
pray all of this in the name of Yeshua. Brothers and sisters, thank you so much for joining me here today. Uh, I just want to spend a moment uh, just looking at the chat here to see what you guys are saying there. Thank you so much. Miller saying, I need to repent of all the worldly wants and desires. Thank you, Father. Isabella says, we pray, Abba, you will continue to refine us in the fire that we may come out perfect for Messiah's return. Abba, continue to surround us with other Messiah believers that we will that will love us unconditionally. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Guys, may the Father just bless you. May he keep you. May he shine his face upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. May he give you his shalom. May he give you his rest. And this day of atonement, really, as you fast, this is how I like to think about this, right? Fasting is this this thing where we put off our flesh. We're telling our flesh, you want food or or you want, you know, whatever it is that you're fasting from, that, that thing that your flesh indulges in. You're now saying you cannot have that this day. And it, it has to be hard on your flesh. That's why food is a great thing to do if that's possible for you. And and as you deny your flesh its desire, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to have its his way in you to to you're 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 growing in this self-control to put off the desires of your flesh that keeps you from looking like Yeshua, that keeps you from walking in righteousness. And as you do this, you you're and every time you think, wow, I'm really hungry, right? And or you think, wow, I really want to get on my social media that I'm always on or or I want to go and do whatever it is that you love to indulge in, in your, with your flesh. Every time that thought comes and that that temptation comes, you use that as the driver to put your attention on the Lord. To say, Lord, you are my new addiction. Lord, you are my new indulgence. God, I want to indulge in you. Holy Spirit, I want you to be the the one who who I delight in like I have in, I don't want to delight in the things of the world. I want to replace it with you. That's what the Lord is calling us to, brothers and sisters. There's something this year that you need to replace with God. There's an idol this year you need to identify that he says, I want to take the place of that. I'm a jealous God and I call you to give me that place in your heart that you have not given me. That is what he wants. Because, hey, one day you're going to be face to face with him. We're going to be with him. It's going to be amazing. But he is and he's going to be our everything. And now we see dimly. But yet he says, I can if you allow me into your heart in this way, I can become a part of your life and work in and through your life and use you as a vessel in ways that you could have never imagined. But you need to let me in. Some of you have I just feel the Holy Spirit saying some of you have a lock on your door. And that lock is there because and you don't want the Lord to come in because you're saying, Lord, don't come in here. This part of my heart, this place in my life, this is my time. This is my place. This is mine. I'll give you this. And you have you have separated, you have segregated your life. And God says, I want all of it. You can't do that. You can't lock up the doors of your heart to me. You can't up lock. You can't lock up certain chambers in your heart. 
You need to be vulnerable with him. You need to give him it all. So this day of atonement, do that with the Lord. So guys, thank you. May God bless you and keep you. I'll see you guys in the next video. We're putting out a video on the day of atonement, another short one tomorrow. Stay tuned for that. Uh, so I want to say a special thank you to our partners who've made this broadcast possible. If this is blessed, you consider partnering with the ministry. If you're able, there's no obligation, but if this is blessed you and if God puts this on your heart, thank you so much for being with me. I love you guys. And it's an honor for me to be in fellowship with you this night. Shalom.